0: All right, top of page seven. Number one, our lives should show blank that the Holy Spirit now lives within us. Evidence. Very good, evidence. And what verse for that one? Galatians 4, 6. Good. Number two, our lives should focus. Yes, that's another one as well. Thank you. Our lives should focus on a blank to please God. Willingness to please God rather than blank the flesh. Obey the flesh. Good. And the verse for that one? Okay. Okay. Romans 8, 8 as well. Okay, good. Number three, list three reasons why we can no longer do whatever we want to do. (laughs) Letter A, because forgiveness through salvation is not a blank to sin. License, very good. And what scripture? Good. Very good, Romans 6, 1 to 2. Number, letter B, because our choices have personal blank whether to sin or obey God. Consequences. And the scripture for that one? Galatians 6, 7. Good. And letter C, because our choices uh, that affect other people Have personal consequences again. And what's the verse for that one? Okay, there's another one as well. Fourteen seven. Good. I'm going to actually look back on that one, just a second. Yeah, so our choices have consequences that affect other people. I said it a little different. Our choices have personal consequences that affect other people. Romans 14, 7. It also had Joshua 22, 20, because that was the story about Mr. Who, Achan, right? So you could have Joshua 22, 20 there as well. Number four, our behavior is continually blank seeds, planting seeds, and will always produce. Okay, good. All right, page eight. List two reasons why we need to recognize there are activities and relationships that should be avoided. Letter A. Because we will give an account of our blank at the judgment seat of Christ. Our lives. Very good. Because biblical separation is commanded and commended. Very good. And the text for that one? Right. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 18. Very good. Lastly, six questions that we want to ask whether or not our activities, or our relationships are right. Letter A, will it bother my conscience? Good. Would I be blank if Jesus were to return while doing it? Embarrassed. Am I being brought under the blank of something, power of something that should not be controlling my life? Does it blank up and help others build up? Good. Letter E, if another Christian saw me do this, would it blank them? Hurt them? Okay, good. Would this cause a blank person to reject Jesus Christ? Unsaved. Very good. Okay. Memory verses are listed there. We're going to work on those if you still weren't trying to get two of those done. And we want to make sure Everybody has the book with a bar of soap on the front. Do you have your book with a bar of soap? If you don't have book three, Brother Barry can bring it to you. Okay, number two, or page two, under. okay, so sanctification. Sanctification, it's got a little bar of soap on there. Isn't that kind of neat? And so this is obviously a, a process. Let me read a little bit. It even talks about that. The birth of a child into a loving home... Is a joyful event. After a child's birth, a growth process begins. I actually used this illustration with this lady in my office this afternoon about it because there were some questions about that. So praise the Lord for, for this. It will take many years to develop a child into a mature adult. Maturing is physical, social, and educational growth. This process will advantage at different speeds, advance, excuse me, at different speeds depending on many factors, such as influences, education, and nutrition. So that's the physical side of growth. Likewise, sanctification is our maturing as a believer, maturing spiritually, The Bible clearly instructs us how we are to become like Jesus Christ. This is a really neat statement right here. Just as children inherit physical features of their parents, we should inherit the spiritual features of our Savior. So there should be things in your life and mine over time that identify us spiritually as being a Christian. Not physically, but spiritually. Okay. This lesson will equip us with the basic truths of progressive. That just means that it doesn't happen all at once. It's it's a continual growth. Thank you. Progressive. So that we will understand our responsibility. So here's three words that I have written in my book. Maybe you want to write these three words in your book. We've talked about these before. One word is justification. Justification. These are just... That's what we talked about back in uh, level one. One of the green books was talking about understanding salvation. So that's what sa- salvation and justification are can be can be uh, related, are related. So that's when we get saved. What we're talking about tonight is sanctification. Okay? And that's another word. That, this process continues until the day you die, or I die, or Christ returns. And then we have glorification. Glorification. And that's when we get a brand new body. Hallelujah. <laughs> Mine, six, four. 195 just kidding (laughs) so glorification and that's when we have a body like Christ and uh, praise the Lord that's coming so that's still coming right now we're in the middle okay so number one sanctification what is it it means to be clean it means to be set apart for God's use and possession in other words God did not save me just because He saved me for a purpose he saved you for a purpose and by the way it isn't just to go to heaven don't have tunnel vision you know where it's just we get saved and so my my vision is just to heaven no I mean yes that's part of it that's that's that I mean that's great our eternal destiny but there's so much more in your salvation than just eternal life praise God that's part of it but there's a great purpose involved. We have a verse there, 2 Timothy 2.21. If someone would like to read that verse. The man of the, Thank you. So this is the Apostle Paul, and he's challenging his young Son in the faith by the name of Timothy. And he's he's spelling it right out here for us. That we have been um, purge himself from these. That he might be a vessel unto honor. Sanctified, set apart, clean for God's use, for God's possession. To be meat for the master's use. To be ready to be used. To be... um, just the right instrument. And by the way, all of us have been saved for a purpose, and it's unique from the person beside you. You're going to be able to, you're going to, be, able to um, be used by God in a unique way. The way God has equipped you. The way God has equipped me. To sanctify means uh, something and someone is set apart. It's a great illustration. I just I just had one in my hand a moment ago. So this this glass is basically set apart for one primary use. Now we know that this can be used for a lot of different things, but it has one primary use: hold water people so that people can drink out of it. That's what it talks about here. Okay? And it's giving the illustration of a spoon. A spoon can also hold water, right? Sure, it can hold medicine, (laughs) right? It can hold whatever. (laughs) But that's not the primary use of a spoon. Primary use of a spoon is not to play games. Uh, If you've ever played spoons, uh, I used to be able to put a spoon on my nose and just have it dangle there, and that was always fun for the kids. That's not the primary use of a spoon. The primary use of a spoon would be really for, for eating purposes. Primary use of a glass is for holding liquids to drink. So this this is sanctified for that. It's set apart for that. A spoon is set apart for, for that. So we are sanctified when we submit to the design and purpose. The same is true for you and me. I am created by God, for God, and I've been set apart for God. So I've been created by God, okay, for God, and that's why I've been set apart. Jeremiah, let's look this verse up, talks about it really early. Amen? Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Okay, that's Song of Solomon, that's a little different verse. <laughs> good one, but it's not Jeremiah. If you found it and want to read it, go ahead. I'm having trouble. I'm still looking for it. There we go. Thank you. So I set thee apart. I appointed thee. I ordained thee, I sanctified thee. Chapter 18. If you need a book, Brother Barry has them. Chapter 18. Verse 3. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. So while this was written to the house of Israel, it's also written to us tonight as well. God has We are in God's hand, and he's making something out of us that has a specific purpose. Obviously, our, our, we have one singular purpose, all of us, to bring honor and glory to God. But you can do that in your way, and I can do that in my way. And not that I'm choosing the way, but it's the way that God has created me. It's the way God has created or gifted us. So it's unique. Unique to me, it's unique to you. But it's for the glory of God. So what is sanctification? Number two. Sanctification is God's solution to man's sinful nature. Okay, when you got saved and I got saved, my sin nature did not leave me. It's still there, and yours is still there too. Okay, First Thessalonians five twenty three, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is what God God has put in us in this process of sanctification, that these things, our spirit, soul, and body, would be blameless, without error, That's part of, that's part of the, what sanctification is, why it's available. We're not being sanctified to be saved. We've already been saved. But sanctification is helping us to, to, die to, the, to die to the flesh, to die to that sinful nature. I wrote this down. Sin messed everything up. Salvation covered it all up. Sanctification does not want me to take the cover off. Sin messed everything up. Salvation covered it up. Sanctification does not want me to take the cover off. And that's really a simple way, but of part of what sanctification is. Designed to do in your life and mine. Let's look up Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. And um, somebody wants to read verse 26 when you find it, please. Thank you. And somebody else could read verse 27, Ephesians five twenty-seven. Good. Thank you. So the context of these verses, as you can probably see, it's not necessarily talking about us as individuals, but it's talking about the church. And he might sanctify it. But what is the church? The church is individual believers that have been called out. Born again, baptized believers called out to to carry on the Great Commission. Interesting. Uh, And again, look, look, look how the sanctification comes. By the word. By the word. I can guarantee you a little, but I can guarantee you one thing. If you don't read the Bible as a Christian seeking to obey the Bible, then your sanctification process is going to be very difficult. Because the sanctification process is through the Word of God. Through the Spirit of God. Through the Word of God. But notice how he says here, not having any spot or wrinkle. You know, I don't know if you're in the habit of... Steaming your clothes or ironing your clothes or whatever you do with that But I think about that word wrinkle there, and you know you can wear a shirt That's never been ironed that as soon as it was left in the dryer And it wasn't folded right away, and it was maybe even crumbled up and put in the dresser you pull that shirt out It still serves a purpose you can wear it But it's gonna look like you slept in it right or you can get that shirt out of the dryer, you can hang it up, or you can put it on the ironing board and you can iron it. Still a still shirt. doesn't change the purpose of the, the uh, garment, but it definitely changes the look. Somebody walks in with a shirt that hasn't been ironed. And by the way, if somebody does, please don't make fun of them. I'm not making fun. I'm just saying that somebody comes in with a shirt that's been ironed, it's still a shirt but one has a greater presentation than the other. It doesn't mean we don't accept either one. We accept both. But I love the illustration of that there with the idea that, you know, I don't want to be content with just having a shirt. I don't want to be content with just being saved. I want my life to speak well for Christ. I want, And how does that happen? Sanctification. Okay. Sanctification is God's process to change my character and conduct. The only way this is going to take place is through the power of God's word. Because just because I get saved doesn't mean all of a sudden everything about my character and conduct are immediately fixed. But I do have the Holy Spirit of God in me now And now I can understand the word of God in a greater way. And so it is God's desire, as it says here, that these things might be changed that have been flawed by sin. And it's the enabling of a process that I would become more like Christ or transformed into God's likeness. So number two, it is God's solution to my sinful nature. I'm still, I still have the sinful nature. But the more that I'm in God's word, the more I'm going to look like Christ, and the less I'm going to look like the world. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay. Keep going. Yeah, all the way down. Go right ahead. There you go. Good job. Okay, number three. We've already said this time and time again, but let's read it again. Sanctification is a process. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is not an overnight thing that we wake up tomorrow morning and we are completely sanctified. Let's look at Hebrews 12, please. So the first question we're at learning tonight about this bar of soap called sanctification is that it is, means to be clean, to be set apart for the service of the Lord it means that it is God's solution to deal with our sinful nature. And we have to recognize also that it is not something that happens overnight. It's a process. Um, the little song that we used to sing, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. That's sanctification. That's sanctification. I got saved 41 years ago, but I'm still being sanctified right now. He's still working on me. There's still things that have got to be dealt with, and it doesn't matter if you've been saved 100 years; you're still being sanctified. If you've been saved 100 years, wow, that's great. Praise the Lord. But uh, what I'm saying is, this process this process continues, and we have a loving and patient heavenly Father who's working on us, lovingly working on us, by the way. All right, Hebrews 12, 1. Who would like to read verse 1? Isn't that part of patch right now? That's the verse, isn't it? For patch. I remember those uh, little pictures with the guy running and all that stuff and the weights and all that. Yeah, so th- this, is this is part of the, the journey. Along your, along your journey, you're going to have to lay aside some things if you're going to be faithfully running the race. You can't carry around a, a, a dumbbell and run a race you got to put that dumbbell down. You don't run, you don't run a race in, in a winter coat. It's going to prohibit you. It's going to hold you back. You know, runners have the sleek outfits on. Verse 2. How, how about somebody read verse 2? Thank you for reading verse 1, Brother Wayne. Verse 2. Amen. Thank you. So while we're being sanctified, while we're running this race, we realize that we must keep our eyes on the the one who started our faith and the one who will finish our faith. Aren't you glad that someday your faith is going to be finished? You say, what? Yes. Boy, as soon as I take my last breath and this heart stops, no more faith for me. You say, what? Yeah, because it's going to be sight. (laughs) they're not they're not the same thing i don't need faith anymore when i go to heaven it'll be sight praise the lord he is the finisher of our faith not just the originator or the author but he's also the finisher okay all right let's turn to second peter one and we're going to see eight elements of our spiritual growth eight elements of our salvation 1 Peter 1. All right. I love this passage. Excuse me, 2 Peter. I said first. 2 Peter 1. Something did not look right. 2 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1 is also really good. All right. What I want us to notice is... The first three words of verse 5, the first three words of verse 5, and beside this, and beside this, so we're going to add some stuff, okay, not adding stuff to get saved, but adding stuff because we're already saved. Verse 5, beside all this, giving all diligence. So to be sanctified, to, be the, to live the sanctified life, it's going to take some diligence. We're going to have to learn what things cause us to yield to the flesh because yours and mine might not be the same. So we're going to have to give some diligence to this and we're going to have to know what we want to be on guard from or be aware of. So, giving all diligence, okay, it takes effort. But again, it's not our effort; it's Christ's effort through us. Okay, sanctification is not all of me now because Christ saved me. So now it's up to me. No. We still have to have Christ in us, working through us for this sanctification process. So the first one is, beside all this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. So the first thing is faith. You see it right there in the notes. Trusting God enough to obey him. Think about that. Do we trust God that much? Number next, so we add to our faith virtue. Virtue is a purifying of our motives and our morals. What is our motive for helping someone? Is it so that they will say thank you? (laughs) I hope that's not our motive. Because whether or not somebody says thank you, they should say thank you, but that can't be my motive for serving, is appreciation. My motive for serving is a love for God. You know what? That takes some growth. That takes some growth in our lives. And sometimes we're still not there. Sometimes I'm still not there. And so that's what virtue is purifying my motives, but it's also purifying our morals. You know, the things that we watch, the things that we listen to, the things that we participate in, that we read, are they, would they be considered virtuous? Okay, then we add to our virtue, knowledge. Knowledge. Learning about God through his word. There's no other source, there's no greater source than his word to learn about God. So to, to the word knowledge, knowing more about God. I encourage the Farsi Bible study today uh, to read God's word every day, five to ten minutes at least. Okay, maybe even say for a long time. I hope you read more than that a day. But I'm just saying it's not even about the time. It's really getting in there and asking God, God, speak to me. I don't want it to just be words. I don't want it to just be like reading a novel. I don't want it to just be like reading a history book, although it is those things. I want it to be like it is, like it is what it says it is. It's alive. And I need this book to change me. From the inside out, I believe God will do that. So we add to our virtue knowledge, and to our knowledge we add temperance. Now this is a big one, eh? Self control. Wow. Yep. Self control in all areas of our life. Yeah, that's a head scratcher, isn't it? And <laughs> that that means I got to work on that one. I got to let the Lord help me to be. Under control. Whatever area it is, to be a man, to be a lady of temperance. We want, we're adding to, remember? We're adding to. This is the sanctification. We're building on our salvation. God is building us. We, the foundation of the building is always first. So my salvation is always the beginning. You can't be sanctified if you're not saved. That's like getting the cart before the horse. It doesn't work that way. So our foundation is Jesus Christ. Amen? The author and finisher of our faith. Now he wants to build on, our, on himself these qualities in our life. Then we're adding to temperance, patience. Continuing until we get desired results. Don't quit. Be patient. Stay at it. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. Patience. We add to patience godliness. Now, this is, I'll tell you, this is tough right here. Responding to all events in a Christ-like manner. Is this how Jesus would respond? If not, then we got to change it. For some reason I put an asterisk beside that one twice. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what I was telling myself there. And I put a, I put a box around the word all. I don't know why, but because we like to be selective in our godliness, I think. But we should be Christ-like in every event. Okay? Then we add to godliness brotherly, cl- brotherly kindness. Oh well, yeah I consider myself to be a kind person treating others as Jesus would here's the note I wrote in my in my book and not just when they treat me properly so brotherly kindness should be given regardless if it is given in return and then charity really this is the thing that keeps it all together quite frankly Charity is motivated to serve God and others with unconditional love. So this is the eight, part, eight parts of sanctification. Because each of these, Peter writes, we are adding to, we are growing in them. Remember, it is, it is not a moment. Sanctification is many moments, we could say. The notes say that it takes physical growth takes place over many years. Sure. Right? Think about that. From the time you were born till today, a little bit's changed. Look look a little different. Well, God works the same way in in our spiritual life. Hopefully, after being saved for a year, five or ten or fifteen or twenty. Hopefully there's a a big difference in our life. And there should be because we have all the tools given to us for that to take place. All right. So that's what is sanctification. Nextly, how are we sanctified? We're going to have to pick up the pace here, Turner, big time. Number one, by his word. Somebody want to read John 17, 17, please. Okay, very good, thank you. Psalm one, nineteen, nine. wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Hebrews 4.12 is listed there. So the number one, we kind of talked about this already, the number one way of being sanctified is going to be through the word of God. Notice the top of page five. Three steps to his, for his word to be greatly used in our life. Number one, it must be read. Number two, it must be believed, but that doesn't stop there. Number three, it must be obeyed. Top of page five. So as we set out to read God's word every day, we want want the other two to follow. You understand what I'm saying? Read it, but not for the purpose of just reading it. Reading it and then believing it. And then that belief should lead to obedience. Okay? Okay. Sanctification will be the result. It is dangerous to disobey God's word. All right, number next. We are are going to have to pick it up here, so I'm just going to read through a little bit of this. Number two, how are we sanctified? By our relationship with Christ. You know what? We're not going to skip this passage, though. Let's go to John 15. This, This ought to be a passage that you become very familiar with in your walk with the Lord. We don't want to get it out of order. Okay? Jesus said this. If you'll look with me at verse number five, we'll just kind of drop in there to a very familiar verse, but I pray that it's still impacting us in spite of it being familiar. I am the vine, Jesus said. Ye are the branches. So that's me. That's you. You're saved. You're a branch. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much what? Fruit. So as a Christian, that's something that should be happening in our life. But we have to abide in Christ. It's not about working it up and working it and get this fruit. No. No. Our fruit comes by abiding in the vine. He is the sap, if you will, that flows from him to us to produce fruit. For without me, Jesus said, ye can do nothing. So it's a relationship with Christ. Branches cannot survive without a vine. So, and and really, praise the Lord you're here, and praise the Lord we can go to church, but that's not the only time of the week that we want to be in the word is just in a public gathering. I think most of you know that. Number 3. How can we be sanctified by the indwelling Holy Spirit? 1 Corinthians 6:19. What know ye not that your body is the, go ahead and turn there that your body please is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Which is in you. So, somebody became a new Christian today. Talked about that earlier. Praise the Lord. Immediately, that individual was indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And that spirit that is in that individual that is in you tonight, if you're saved, that's in me tonight because I'm saved, is always going to point us in the direction of truth. Always. Therefore, because we have the indwelling Holy Spirit in us, we can be sanctified. That's how we are sanctified. He points us to the word of God. He points us to the vine. See, The Holy Spirit's never going to lead you apart from truth and me apart from truth. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. 2 Corinthians 3.18 are changed into the same image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, this is a beautiful process. We are being changed into the very image of Christ. Praise God for that. We must be careful not to grieve the Holy Spirit or quench His work within us. Okay. What are the Christians' responsibilities in sanctification? All right, let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Let's remember that this is not part of salvation. This is after salvation, like Ephesians 2.10, that we were created in Christ Jesus unto two good works. So, someone that does not have a desire to do right. I didn't say someone that always does right. Someone that does not have a desire to do right. We can only wonder, is that person even saved? That doesn't mean that somebody cannot be backslidden. They sure can. But someone who is saved has the Holy Spirit of God. This is why we don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. Grieve the Holy Spirit. Okay. Number one, trust God's purpose and role. Trust God's purpose and role. That's that's key. It's not my role to be sanctified, just like it's not my role to be saved. Look what Paul wrote in Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, he, Christ, began a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So so the work of God has been started, and it's not going to stop unless we do something. No, we've got to continue to rely on the vine. He will perform it, God's role. How about chapter 2, verse 12? Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, it doesn't, it's not saying you have to work to be saved, it's saying that your salvation should be known. But don't miss verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good good pleasure. God is as much involved in sanctification as he is in salvation. God is as much involved in sanctification as he is in salvation. Top of page six. God works from the inside out. My behavior should reflect the salvation that is within me let's go to colossians 127 please somebody read colossians 127 when you find it please thank you the emphasis there on christ in us christ in us so if 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 the if we have the lord with us it's going to affect the way that we live our lives change originates in the heart we're not going to take take the time to turn to proverbs tonight changing from the outside without a heart change will never last changing from the outside without a heart change Will never last. The, that verse in Proverbs actually is, says it better than me. I'll just read it. I'll just quote it for you. Keep thy heart without diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Out of what? The heart. That is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So we've got to keep it. That word keep there means to guard it. Number two, exercise godliness. This is our role. This is our role. Exercise godliness. 1 Peter 4, 7. And exercise thyself rather unto godliness. In other words, we should be living a different way now that we are saved. We should be thinking differently, talking differently, behaving differently. My desires should be different. Those are all listed for you. And I hope that you'll take the time this week to look those up. Number three, we put off unrighteous behavior, put on righteous behavior. In that text in, Philippi, in Ephesians, you find the terms old man and new man. Referring to our nature before we got saved and our nature after we get saved. This is not something that we do once. This is something that we do Regularly. As it says there, removing our old behavior, putting on the right behavior of the Lord Jesus. Top of page 7, here's here's a list of things that you might want to look at because uh, we should put off anger, lying, gossip, rebellion, and stealing. By the way, stealing goes a lot further than walking into a store and taking something and putting it in your pocket. That's not just the only way we can steal. You know, God's given you and me 168 hours a week. Don't take all the time that God has given you and use it for yourself. Otherwise, that's stealing. Give God some time. We could could think of a lot of, don't just, you know, I think that's what we think of, stealing, you know, um, anyway, I'd love to say more about that, but put on self-control, honesty, p- peacemaking. There you go. That's a good one. Submission and work. Number four, my responsibility, cleanse myself. 2 Corinthians 7.1, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Again, it's not about the outside, it's about the heart. It's not cosmetic as it says here. Thank God for cosmetics, but it's not talking about that. It's a heart process that must please God. Colossians 1.10 says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Number five, avoid sins of immorality and pursue moral purity. Remember, we talked about the will of God, and we said several things are the will of God. There's one of them there, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, that we abstain from fornication. And that's fornication is sex before marriage, and God's against it. Regardless of what the world says, God's against it. And if you're saved, you should be against it too. Not because I said so, but because God said so. All right. Page number eight. What rewards does sanctification provide? And again, I trust that you'll go back and look these passages up. I got a little too, I don't know what happened with the time. This lesson's just a little longer, I guess. Productive lives, what is the reward, number one? Productive lives that display faithfulness and fruitfulness. What what a blessing, what a blessing. And it's not so that people can look at us. It's so that people can see Christ in us and God gets all the glory. Here's some things that are listed in these in this text: grace and peace will be multiplied. We will know the sufficiency of God. We will experience spiritual growth. We will be productive and fruitful. Uh, we will not fall into sin. And then, and then, lastly, number two, earthly and heavenly rewards. A couple verses there. Living a godly life is always profitable profitable on earth and it will be profitable someday in heaven so sanctification again i apologize we didn't have time to read all of those verses so i trust you'll take the time to do that and let god take the bar of soap in my life and in your life and just continue to daily clean us up and because he does it in a loving way